what's up, bro? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks for coming on. You are kind of a hot shot, right? Oh, no, I wouldn't say that, Josh, but okay. All right. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of a hot shot. <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm glad to talk to you, man. I, uh, you, yeah, I seen your post about being in Asia, and I knew that I had to talk to you. So uh, let's kind of start there. For anybody that doesn't know, by the way, uh, Jonesy is a hotshot motherfucker uh, with over 1 million downloads on his weird AF News podcast. Um, and he's also been on Gotham, which was bad fucking ass. Unbreakable oh, Kimmy Schmidt, which I binge watched. And uh, Drunk History, as well as... You've been on Letterman, too, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I've been on Letterman as well, yeah. Yeah, man. He uh, He's a really good guy, so after this, everybody needs to go follow him. Uh, tell me a little bit about your comedy tour in Asia. How did this How did this come to be, I guess? Uh, well, it came to be because my girlfriend, uh, she's from Singapore, and she she lives there. And uh, she, are you there? Yeah, no, I'm listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, my girlfriend lives in Singapore, and I had visited her last year one time. And while I was there, I sort of saw, oh, wow, look at that. They have a comedy scene over there. And guess what? It's in English. Everybody in Singapore speaks English. No shit. E- yeah. And even in some of the surrounding countries, you'll find a lot of people speaking English, such as Malaysia in Malaysia. Uh, and so I said, well, next time I visit her, I'm going to plan a comedy tour. So... That's exactly what I did. Um, and I went to Asia from January 20th to March 10th. So over a month. And I did about 15 shows in Singapore. I did a whole weekend of shows in Malaysia, a weekend in uh, Taiwan. Uh, and then I did shows. I had three shows. I mean, I should say three cities in Japan lined up to do shows as well. And. Subsequently, a lot of those shows got canceled because of the pandemic outbreak because I was I was there right at the time, right at that hot spot. You know, Uh, the cases in in Wuhan were like climbing big time. It hadn't really hit Europe yet, but it was about to. But because it was happening in China, like these other Asian nations were like super freaked out. And so they started to immediately they don't fuck around immediately put in strict rules, man. Everyone wearing a mask right away before there was even cases. They were like putting it in. You know what I mean? That's like a common even... thing though, right? Like anybody over in Asia typically, you know, not to stereotype them, but they typically wear masks frequently when they're sick, correct? Yeah, there is a, there is a, it is a mask culture, I guess you'd say. And of course they had a, you know, they, it's a lot of it is, uh, I think, uh, is sort of residual SARS uh, behavior, you know, so they had SARS and that wasn't too long ago. So they're already prepared with their masks and they know how to isolate and shit. So when the government say, hey, stay home, assholes, like they, they listen, they stay home. They had a SARS situation. They know, they know what can happen when they, when they don't fuck with, like if they fuck around. So right away it was happening. And so uh, subsequently my shows were getting canceled because you know restaurants were closing. I mean, before it was even really a thing, you know, Singapore didn't even have a, uh, they have one death and they were already shutting down uh, restaurants and people were staying home. They really did the opposite of what you see here in the U.S. So to me, it was super, like, my, you know, very eye-opening, the difference in behavior and the difference in how they treated it. And I think you can see the end results. You know, Taiwan has no more cases. You know, Singapore's got under 150 cases. Uh, and, you know, these places are in, in pretty good shape. They're opening up now. And we're we're fucked over here. What's it like doing a comedy show and everybody's wearing masks? Like you can't even see people like laughing and smiling. 
Yeah, so that's a little weird, I have to say. But that's something I think we're going to have to get used to in the States. If you want to do comedy again, at least the first the first few shows are going to be like that, right? People sitting far away wearing masks. It's a weird thing. Uh, I thought it was strange in, in, uh, in Asia. And only some of the crowd would be wearing masks. And uh, it, it was odd. It was odd because you hear the laughter, but you have no idea where it's coming from. Eh, it's sort of to me like, you know, I'll do shows sometimes with a, with a light. The, the light is so bright on me that I can't see the crowd anyways. I don't oh, yeah. I don't prefer those kinds of lighting. That lighting is, is difficult for me. I, I prefer to see the faces of the people. I want to know who I'm talking to. I'll, sometimes I'll even banter with the crowd. So there are occasions where I will have really bright light and I don't see the crowd. And it reminded me of those moments, kind of. I, I don't prefer it that way. But yeah, masked up people. You hear laughter, but you're not quite sure where it's coming from. Have you seen uh, what Have you seen what Dave Chappelle's got going on? Where he he's essentially doing all his uh, all his shows in like the the wedding chapel or whatever in, in Ohio. Yeah, I have seen. Uh, I saw that one video that that he put out on on YouTube, uh, which wasn't even comedy. He was just railing on about uh, BLM, and uh, but I guess he's got a he's got a spot there that he's able to work out, which is really necessary. It's it's you know the one thing that we need as comics is is a stage and and, and a crowd to really get. To do what we do you know uh i'm really jealous of the other arts that they don't really need that like for instance if you're if you're an oil painter right you could just if you got some money and oh, you're you can hammering get, away <laughs> yeah and the arts and craft stores open you can go and do what you do uh you could do it all alone uh, you could do it at three in the morning you can do it at eight in the morning you could do it whatever wherever you want whatever you want but like with with stand-up i i really need most of us most stand-ups i think would agree I need it. We need a stage. We need a crowd, man. We need a crowd. We need people there. And I'm not, I'm not talking about this Zoom crowd show bullshit. I mean, that's just I, I, I can't stand those shows. I'm talking real crowd bodies in a room with me. That's what I need. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of like a lot of American people right now, like that's what they need is like they need to get out and laugh and like like be part of something like that, because being in a comedy crowd, like it's it's absolutely unreal. Like when you go to a show, even if you just go to like a locals only kind of night, you know, like you still have fun just being, uh, in that environment. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really special. Uh, and it, it's something that you don't get just watching comics on Netflix, you know, and, and I, I try and tell people that and whenever I do a show, uh, I will, I always thank the crowd. I always let them know that I'm grateful that they, that they, as I call it, and a lot of comics use this phrase, thank you for supporting live comedy. You know, we always make it, we try to, a lot of us comics, make a point to let the audience know how grateful we are that they actually got off the fucking couch. They put down, they put down, you know, the remote control, you know, they're not watching it on their phone. You know, this isn't Netflix. This isn't YouTube. They actually left and watched it live. You know, it's a, uh, it's special live. It's, it's different. And, um, and I know a lot of people take in their comedy from the comfort of their own bed so it's nice when they get out, and I always make sure I thank them for that because it does take effort. Uh, and you'll find, like you mentioned, it's it's something special. It's different. It's not like watching it at home. There's something else going on. Oh, absolutely. And there there are people who, um, like, they need it, like, monetarily. You know, like, like stand-up comedians need that monetarily to, uh, to thrive. But there are a lot of people who, like, that is their escape. You know what I mean? Or many people will plan their date night to, oh, let's go to the comedy store. Oh, let's go to the Laugh Factory. Let's go here. Let's go there, you know. Um, so it, it just it kind of, like, circles back to, like, how do you deem something essential and something not? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I've been well, I've been curious about this entire pandemic is how you, how you say, okay, this is essential, this isn't. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's uh, well, it's arbitrary, and uh, and it's up to it's up to usually politicians, uh, which at the end of the day are lawyers. So basically, we have lawyers making the decisions on what we're allowed to do, and uh, and, and unfortunately, even further than that, we have lawyers letting us know what we can and cannot do, and uh, telling us, giving us the advice that really we should be getting from scientists and biologists. And th this is the issue, and this is why you got people drinking bleach to think that it fucking cures the, the COVID, you know, because you got morons delivering the, the improper information. Uh, you know, I don't think that politicians should be making these judgments. I think scientists should be making these judgments. I think biologists should be making these judgments. People that are experts in viruses should be making these decisions of what we can and cannot do. And, you know, that's that. I mean, I don't think anyone could make an argument otherwise. And we've had politicians making the decisions. I hate to get political, but we have had that. And look at the fucking mess we're in. No, I 100% I agree. And you have this, you know, so I'm, in, I'm involved heavily in the mixed martial arts community, not only as a coach, but as a... Um, I guess as like a spec, not only a spectator, but as a, um, a member, you know, like I, I used to love getting off work, coming home and then going to the gym. And so you have these assholes who are out here playing their fucking nine holes or 18 holes of golf, but they're telling us that we're not allowed to be practicing, you know, jujitsu or, or kickboxing or let's say women's self-defense. Right. So essentially these guys can drink their fucking Don Perignon and fucking play their golf, but we can't teach other people how to defend themselves during a fucking pandemic and also during a time that there are riots going on it just like it, it fucking behooves me yeah yeah that's a tough call right there because you're going to get the argument well one is an what is an outdoor activity one's an indoor activity and then so what do you do so all right so why don't you teach self-defense outside see what they say they'll probably find another issue with it like well no you guys are up close touching each other sweating on each other this is not um, you know, at the end of the day, all of these things should be looked at as, uh, you know, risks, really. Uh, just right now, it's, it's very risky. Uh, in a perfect world, when we could all get tested before class or in the morning before <laughs> yeah. we're going to go golf, all of these things would be permissible. But that's not what's going on right now. We don't have that kind of testing available. So, I mean, you, you bump into people every day you know, half of them maybe have been tested since this has all happened. And mm -hmm. and half of those probably, you know, their test was over two weeks ago or something. You know, I mean, we're dealing with uh, really numbers that aren't on our side. It's extremely risky to do any of these things, um, in, in my in my opinion. Yeah, and, um, and I'm, I'm with you right there, right there with you. You know what, what really gets me is is let's say that uh, let's say somebody's asymptomatic, right? They're not showing any symptoms. Let's say that they go to a gas station, right? Because gas stations, you know, I mean, you were like we were talking shit before the podcast about Florida, but um, I've never been in any worse gas stations than in Florida, by the way. Um, but you know, I, I live in Florida, so all the gas stations here normally have lines out the door, right? So let's say that one of these people are asymptomatic; they've been tested. They're within that, what is it, it's like a 7 to 14 day range before some people even find out the result. Mm -hmm. So let's say that they're on day 8, right? They've not got the call, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, they're at the gas station, even with these little flimsy masks on. And let's just say that they yawn, you know, because apparently this thing travels through air. Mm -hmm. Okay, if I'm standing behind you, the line moves and I walk right up in that, 
even with a mask on, you know, I feel like that's not going to, like, that's not going to help me at all. You know what Correct. I mean? Like, yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like I said this a long time ago. We should have shut everything the fuck down months ago for a good week. Just shut everything down. Everybody go prepare, you know, stay home for a week or two weeks, you know, whatever the uh, the quarantine period is. And then we would we would be in such a better place right now than we than we actually are because this this is it's a fucking shame, man. Yeah, you know it's unfortunate that you you know you have a governor, uh, DeSantis, who is a uh, you know a real shit show. Um, you He's know, a it fucking been... <laughs> asshat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. He's real. He's real dumb. It seems to me. I don't know the guy. I just you know I've done so many Florida related stories on my podcast Weird AF News that I, I just I, I know like. I just keep coming across this guy. Uh, you know, I, I've read more stories about him than the governor of my own state of California. Like, it's crazy. I know a lot about, like, a lot of DeSantis stories. Who, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Who is your governor now? Because Arnold was the last one that I really paid attention to. Oh, shit, I don't remember who my governor is. Oh, Fucking a Terminator was your governor. How cool yeah, is that? Yeah, that, that is so cool. California governor, uh, who is it? Oh, Gavin Newsom. That's right, Gavin Newsom. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, not as cool as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my God! Not as cool at, by any means, for sure. No, definitely not. Uh, yeah. So, what, what were we talking about just then? You? Uh, oh, about shutting down. You, yes, you thought it all yes. should have been shut down in a week, or like for a week. Yeah. You know, you're looking at well, this is the fallout now. Florida's. It's a shame. It's a shame. You know, you you see the countries that really took it seriously. They they kind of fixed the problem. Like Italy was like every motherfucker stay home for weeks, and then you know that's what it takes. It's unfortunate. That's what it takes. But people don't want to do that. People don't want to do They want to be out. And, and I get it. I get it. It's, it's a hard thing. It, it, how you do know you what do I think it? it is? I think it's people don't want to be told what to do. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, sure. Americans don't want to be told what to do, right? So they're, you know, they got to, they, there's these pieces of paper that the, our country's forefathers all signed. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody thinks that those pieces of paper give them carte blanche to do whatever they want and say whatever they want and act any way they want and, and, uh, and without any repercussions whatsoever. And so now, of course, you're going to get people who are like, you, you telling me to wear a mask is a, you know, a violation of that piece of paper. Uh, and, and whereas at the, the bottom line is it's not. So um, it's just <laughs> it becomes a mess. <laughs> Although yeah, you know, I'm really I'm does. also looking at you know people in Germany now. They, you, you know, they just had some protests in Germany because of they've uh, their government's been very strict about their freedoms as well. But when you look at the difference, they're much more strict than us. I mean, it's like we didn't really have a curfew. You know, this is what the European countries do. They give you a goddamn curfew. We they, we want the streets just like what Australia. Uh, well, not all of Australia, but was it? Uh, is it Melbourne that just uh, put in a, an 8 p.m. curfew? So you can't be out after 8 p.m. without a damn good reason. That's what they're doing in, in Europe. And so they don't, that makes them feel stifled. And of course, they want to fight that. Can you imagine what would happen here if we did that? My goodness, you mean every, every other block would have a building on fire if that was the case. I mean, people would be out with their guns. It would be a mess if we tried to give people a curfew, you know, in the in sweeping curfew in the U.S. because of this COVID. We actually had a curfew down here, and I don't think anybody adhered to it whatsoever. And I'm I'm a very patriotic person, man. Like, like I, um, I don't know how to like how to really describe it. Like I I love America, and I love the freedom that we have, you know. And 
and you know i love our history i love reading about our history but this is such a fucking it's such a shameful time to be an american bro like it's it's so weird yeah like how do you justify i mean can you imagine the way the rest of the rest of the world is looking at us like all right we're looking at they're like wow what a shit show and then yet and still right most cases most deaths and yet it looks like schools are gonna open like how, how do you explain that you think aliens have flown by us and they're like, oh, no, we're, we're good. Let's go to Australia. Let's go somewhere else. I love that. Yeah, aliens are like, hey, we gave them technology. What are they doing with it? Oh, they're shooting cat videos? These dumb fucks. Did you see that uh, TikTok is supposed to be banned by like this weekend? Yeah, so I, I was curious about that. Like, how does, how does just the president say, I don't like TikTok, it's going to be banned, and then it, and then it happens? Are you, like, are you a TikToker, by the way? No, I, you know, I don't, I don't really use it, but uh, you know, a lot of comedians do. Friends of mine, they, I mean, it's very popular. I, uh, I don't understand how this is possible. How you could just, I mean, this is in China. Last I checked, right? This is yes. what they did in China. China does this all the time. You know, we we don't like this app. We got a we got an internet firewall. We we want to control all the information, and they do these things. This is very strange to me I, I never thought i'd see the day that this would happen in the u.s so the way it was described to me was that it's like a chinese like a data capture and so it apparently uh requires like your location your ip address like your device info uh you, like your browser and your search uh history um it's it's essentially like intelligence gathering right which i hate tiktok bro like let me just backtrack for a second there are people my age older than me that are doing like these dance videos which, oh i've seen that you know my <laughs> peers are doing i it's so embarrassed i'm so embarrassed for them i'm like what are you doing uh, if you're I a good he's... dancer it's it's cool right if you yeah. if you actually know how to dance it's, it's pretty cool but i'm seeing way too many people who are it's just cringy sometimes you know I felt I feel the same way, man. I I've seen my, some of my peers like on there. I'm like people in their 30s doing dance videos on there. I'm like, what are you? They're like, come on, man. I'm trying to appeal. I'm trying to get more followers. I'm like, this is the kind of thing you want. These are the kind of followers you want. People that people that are like, wow, you're good at dancing. I'll follow you. <laughs> it's like all the idiots that watch the Masked Singer. You know, these are the kind of oh dummies that we hit. Oh my God, who could it be under that mask? Wow, I wonder who it's going to be. Wow, who could it be this week? Oh, man, I'm so surprised. I never thought it would be that person. Oh, oh I can't God. wait for next it's, week. It's Nick Cannon for the eighth time. <laughs> like I, these people, these are like grown adults that like that. You know, these are the kind of people that I, I'd imagine like watch dance videos on TikTok, right? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't you know. know I'm, I'm one of those guys like I'm like, I'm kind of like an old school hippie, man. Like whatever you do, like do you like, I don't care. But there are some things that are just so cringy to me that I'm just like, why? Like I, me and my brother-in-law were drunk as shit. And we put a video on TikTok because I made a TikTok when, the, when it first started, you know, just so I could watch uh, other people's shit, right? Just so I could be a creep, you know? And, uh, and so me and him were drunk at a gas station, and I just leaned the, the phone out the window. I said, hey, Alex, bust a jam. And he started dancing right there in the parking lot. And it was, like, the funniest thing ever because we were drunk. But it was funny to us because we were in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, like somebody else watching it from the outside looking in, they're probably like, oh, that was cringy as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. 
But, but yet, there, there are some yep. moments I feel like you don't need to share, like us dancing drunk at a gas station. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know the whole sharing thing is like you know I don't need I don't need these I don't need to see this much of your life. You know, um, I used to do a bit about this with Instagram stories when I was back when I was single and and trying to date uh, various ladies, whatever. And it's just like I I don't I you, you, like I see your Instagram stories and I, and it's like before I even get to know you, I've seen too much, you know, like I, we haven't been on two dates and I've seen your, your Instagram stories. I've, I've already, I've seen your toes. That's, that's too, that's I've so already seen you. Deep. <laughs> I've already seen your toes. I've seen you fuck up a grilled cheese. Like, how do you fuck up a grilled cheese? Like already? I'm like, all right, I've, I've looked into your life so deep. I, we don't need to, this doesn't need to go any further. <laughs> we are, we're, we're to the point where we're oversharing essentially our entire lives on the internet. And you know, I, I was telling, uh, I can't remember who I was telling. I was telling somebody the other day, I bought this webcam, right? Because I want to start doing uh, Twitch live streams after fights so I can break down fights and, and interact with, like, people who watch the fights. and Kind of like, a, you know, Joe Rogan does the the interactive podcast. Are you, are you going uh, to stream yourself while you're watching the fight as well? No, uh, no, no. I, I want to Just avoid, after. Yeah, yeah, just after and kind of break down all the fights and, and all that. And so I bought a webcam and I was like, okay, well, the podcast room really doesn't have a lot of stuff in here. So I, I went and I had a couple of photos like blown up and I got one of my wife and my daughter. And then I started thinking, I was like, I don't think I want to hang that up. Like, and I, oh. frankly, I don't, like, I kind of want to take some photos down from Instagram because I don't want um like there are fucking creeps everywhere you know what i mean yeah so i think your impulse to do that is rare but i think it's right oh oh absolutely i i think too i think too many people and like i'm not knocking anybody that shares photos of their kids like i, I share photos of my kid all the time because i'm i'm super proud of her and you know but we're in a, we're in a day and age where it's almost dangerous to do that yeah i agree it, it is now now them taking, uh, you know, them shutting down TikTok. I don't know. Does that keep us safe still? I mean, there's already so much information out there, anyways. I don't see there being a barrier to people getting my information if they want it. Um, you know, it, I don't. I don't keep too much private. You know, if I did have children, I would. I would, and I and it wouldn't be so easy to get that info. But because I'm, sh a lot of us are just sharing, anyways. I don't. You know, you want to shut down TikTok? You don't think they can still find our information? Like, you don't think that's already, going? I mean, yeah, they've already they've already got our face. They have our name. All they got to do is punch it in on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, yeah, exactly. How hard is it to find like your your coworker on 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 social media that you your first day of work? You could just go. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Everybody's sharing everything. No one gives a fuck. Everybody's sharing everything. You know, very rare is it someone like you who sit, comes around and says, you know, I want to I want to limit what I'm sharing as far as my family goes to keep them protected. I, mo the majority of Americans seem to just especially Americans of a certain generation just have no issue with just sharing their private lives everywhere, just spreading it all over. So I think they're kind of fucked anyways. If, if, if you want their info, you know, you want to stop China. I mean, I love it. He's just like he's anti China, isn't isn't the fucking iPhone that he's tweeting on right now made in China? I mean, <laughs> I don't it's, get it. It's to the point where I, I think I'm going to make everything, maybe not private because, you know, of course, like I host a podcast and I host another podcast outside of this one. Mm. So, like, I want people to be able to find me and interact with me. And I love interacting. Like, like, I moved away from my hometown. Like, as soon as I was 18, like, I dipped. 
Um, so I love seeing like my friends' kids, and I love seeing like my friends like whenever they do big reunions and stuff, and like they hang out. Like I love seeing that shit. Like don't get me wrong, but I just want to take a step back and sort of uh, make my life a, a bit more private and just keep my socials just for uh, you know interacting with with the, the little bit of family and friends that I have on there, and then just interacting with my fans. And I don't want to give anybody too much info. You know what I mean? Like like I never talk about my job. And I try to not talk about, like, where exactly I live. And, like, you know know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's such a weird day and age right now. Especially with, like, um, like sex trafficking is, like, an all-time high. Like, I read the other day, it's, like, a billion-dollar business. Like, that's truly fucking scary shit. Like, I'm... Yeah, and that's with Epstein dead. Yeah, fuck, man. I I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Maxwell to sing like a canary and just fuck all of Hollywood up. Yeah, I mean... We're already seeing the little driblets of information come out. Like I don't know if you followed the well. There was a there was a the uh, Bill Clinton pedophile uh, hashtag or something on Twitter was oh, trending. I tweeted, I tweeted about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're we're seeing driblets come out. It's going to be a mess. There's a lot of people that I think uh, took advantage of that service, mm-hmm. and it's people that we know, and it'll be. It'll be. It's gonna be nuts when that comes out. Here's a question though: How long is she gonna live? Oh, I already lost. I said. I said two weekends ago. I said that she was gonna be whacked on a Friday, and I'm. I now owe somebody five dollars who called it for August. So as long as she lives through August, I don't have to pay up. Yeah. All right. (laughs) But no, I. She's making it, man. I'm. I'm very vocal on on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter about my. hatred for these these pedophiles and there's a lot of them you know and the flight logs come out and, um but it, it just it, like it makes you more aware of what is actually happening like sex trafficking is truly an issue and that's why like like i said like i'm just gonna try to take a step back like privacy wise and and hopefully you know hopefully some of my friends listening you know hopefully they do the same thing because the internet like i've said it before the internet is a tool right like you wouldn't use a hammer when you're trying to unscrew um, a, uh, a screw, sorry, a blank for a second, you wouldn't try to use a hammer for that, you know what I mean? So it's a tool, and it, it's, you know, you can use it however um, however you see necessary, but I feel like a lot of people don't use it correctly. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm giving out my address to the fans of my podcast so they can send me gifts and shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably stupid for that. I've been called an idiot for doing such things. But no, man, no, no. I, I mean, my fans know how much I love coffee. I've been sent so many care packages during this pandemic from my fans of my podcast with a bunch of coffee in it. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. I got, I've gotten, people have sent me toilet paper and masks and shit. It's been great. Should I be giving out my address at the end of the day? Probably not. Um, but I've been doing it. If you have, if you have loyal fans though, you know what I mean? Like they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna try to protect you because you are, uh, like their content. You know what I mean? I feel like I done a I done a conspiracy episode uh, not too long ago with one of my really good friends and we just went like an hour and a half into the rabbit hole, bro. I'm talking Hillary, Anthony Weiner, Frazzle Drip, Bill Clinton. Like we went in 9/11, JFK. Nothing was off limits. Wow. Um, and as soon as I uploaded it, instantly I was like, oh, I'm that guy now. Like I'm the conspiracy theorist guy now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but so many people actually messaged me from uh, on Twitter after that episode. Like it blew my mind. Like people, um, like I am their content creator. Like they 
they come to hear me. You know what I mean? So I think if you have a good fan base, man, like I think they'll take care of you. And you were just saying, like they sent you toilet paper during the pandemic, man. I wish I, I wish I knew you when this first started. I would have definitely mailed you some some one ply Charmin was all I could find. <laughs> I would have sent you that sandpaper, man. <laughs> well, thank you, man. And and a bunch of coffee that could make me shit too much where I can't even use it. <laughs> man, I, I absolutely live on coffee, and I went and bought one of the bags of coffee from uh, Wawa. We have Wawa gas stations down here. Oh, I know Wawa very well. I spent some time in Jersey. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Wawa has the, uh, they're in Florida now, and they have the pumpkin spice in the bags, and they were so like, oh, man, man Those... it's so good. I miss I miss the uh, the coffee selection at Wawa. I mean, I tell people all the time. Um, you know, we we talk about you know gourmet gas station food or whatever, and I'm like, there's nothing beats the coffee selection at a Wawa, man. It's not just your van- oh vanilla hazelnut regular decaf. No, I mean, you walk in, there's ten choices of coffee flavors and and what have you, and 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 iced coffee choices as well. Oh man, I totally miss that. We don't have Wawas out here in Cali. Man, unbelievable coffee at Wawa. You guys have In-N-Out Burger, though. When when I lived in Arizona, I used to eat In-N-Out like literally probably three times a week. Yeah, we do have it. I mean, but you got to wait in line for that stuff. I can't. I mean, it's so it takes forever to get this In-N-Out. It's so popular, man. You drive by any In-N-Out at any time of the day. There's, it's 14 cars deep. I don't get it. I'm like, I, I mean, I like it. It's good, but I, I can't wait that long. I want a fast food burger. I just want to get it and get the hell out of there. Do you do the uh, do you do the secret menu, the four by four animal style and, and all that shit? Well, because the French fries really on their own. They're like I don't know who agreed to put these out on the market, but it's like you might as well you know eat cardboard. I mean, what the fuck is that? I don't understand it. It's the worst. Those aren't even what are, are those potatoes? I don't even know what that is. It's like made out of wood. It's like a it's some tree bark, and you throw ketchup on it, and it still doesn't help. So you have to in order to enjoy the fries. You have to get them doused in all of the sauce and shit. So you have to get them animal style to even make them uh, edible, in my opinion. Yeah, so I will jump on that secret menu for sure. I uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't like the, the, thousand, the thousand Island dressing. Oh, you're not into that? So what, you don't like Big Macs either? Oh, fuck no. I've not ate Yeah, because they put, the, they put that same sauce on the Big Mac, that, uh, that Thousand Island sauce. I've not ate a McDonald's in probably three-ish years i had actually i lie i ate there twice over the weekend because um i finally got tired of like riding my motorcycle illegally and i had to take my motorcycle course and the only thing close to the 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 place was like a mcdonald's so i I swung Mm -hmm. in and i got the chicken and bro i was reminded why i hate mcdonald's chicken nuggets or the chicken sandwich i got the chicken sandwich that number four or whatever Uh uh-huh yeah i was reminded two days in a row why i hate mcdonald's Oh, it did a it did a number on you, huh? Man, I could not get home fast enough either day, man. It just there there's something about all that grease. It just the way it sits on your stomach, man. I'm gonna tell you something then that might blow your mind, okay? And this this really blew me away too when I was in Asia. McDonald's in Asia, there's something different going on. It's looked at as quality food, quality experience. You know how when you see a McDonald's in the United States, it's always like um, you sort of see like trashy people there eating. 18 you know? people working in the back that definitely will go outside and sell you coke yeah like the whole experience is like low class right this is not what's going on in asia like if you go to a mcdonald's in singapore it's good looking people it's like young hip good looking people that are there the employees are clean they look like they take care of themselves like they actually like are like proud to work there. there yeah yeah the place is the place is clean. 
the food seems a little bit higher quality, a little bit uh, to me. Uh, there's, it, the experience is so different. I couldn't believe how different, like totally opposite. You know, like you have someone that's like, people actually meet at McDonald's, man. You, you know, in Singapore, actually meet at McDonald's in Japan. They go, they, they go there. They're not ashamed to be seen there. It's like a thing. It's a social gathering. These places are packed, by the way, packed. That is actually, like, that's that's pretty nice, actually. I couldn't believe it. I was totally blown away. Absolutely. You know, I like I like McDonald's, uh, like, the way they're set up now. Like, they look a little bit darker on the inside. Yeah, I do, too. They, yeah. they like, it's like, like, it's, like it's trying to be like, like the McDonald's lounge or something. Fucking yeah. Ronald's in the bathroom just snorting coke off the sink. <laughs> but you can sit there and have your coffee and your McMuffin in peace. <laughs> the free Wi-Fi. I actually, I have a, I have a younger family member who, uh, their first job is they're currently working at McDonald's, and I like their McDonald's. Like it's, it's actually really nice. Um, and I don't know if I'm like a little biased because they work there or not, but um, the one that I went to over the weekend, it was actually kind of nice uh, on the inside, and the pe- the people all look very presentable and, and everything. But it's just, I don't know if it's just the way the food is prepared or if it's sat under a lamp for too long. You know, it just, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't my cup of tea whatsoever. Well, you know, you're not a kid anymore, and I'm sure I'm a happy that you, meal. Yeah, it's like you know, you 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 probably been putting some uh, better quality food into your system for a while, you know, and and you 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 can totally tell the difference. You have taste now, you know. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I I I try not to eat that stuff either, and and when I do, like I I feel it, man. First of all, if I eat like. If I eat like a cheeseburger, I am like, there's something in it. Like I just, it's like crack to me. It's like, wow, my energy just boosts up. Like, I don't know what the <laughs> hell is. Is there a bunch of sugar in there? Like, I feel like it's like after I eat a piece, a piece of cake, like, like a sh- high sugary dessert of some sort. Like that's the kind of rush I get from McDonald's food. That's how sweet or something's going on there that it, it makes me like, it's like I drank a Red Bull or something. It's very strange. But, and then I have a crash. A total crash. Oh yeah. And then it, and you know, and then my gut afterward, like, like to being in the bathroom, that's a reality as well from it. So what's going on there? It's, it's not. My system doesn't respond properly to it. It's like a foreign substance to me, and I pay the price every time. I think the older that I get, I think my stomach gets a little bit more sensitive to certain foods or certain places because, um, like. By the way, have you have you ever seen that apparently Taco Bell is like the the healthiest fast food choice to eat now? Uh, no, I have not. But oh. there's a new Taco Bell right around the corner from my apartment, and that's been there I don't know a month now. I haven't I haven't walked over there one time. You telling me it's the most healthy of all choices? Uh, apparently so. It, it apparently beat huh. out McDonald's and Burger King and, mm-hmm. all, and all these other fast food places. Yeah, but there's just something about fast food now. If I go somewhere and I get a burger and it's it's all greasy and you know just really looks awesome. I always, it's like I have to go buy some Pepto right after it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, th- there's going to be a bathroom experience with a McDonald's. Same same for me. Uh, and, and so that's something that you have to come to terms with when you make that decision. But sometimes you're stuck, man. Like you said, like you were stuck. I've been at airports before, like in the wee hours, mm. you know, when you, when you fly on a red eye or something. And like the only food that was open was the McDonald's and had to do it. Had to do it, and uh, you know. So sometimes you just don't have a choice. I flew, uh, I flew red eye from Arizona to Virginia one time, and the only thing open 
because uh, we had to we had to stop in the Charlotte airport. The only thing that was open at like three in the morning was like uh, the Starbucks or whatever. So I ordered like a muffin, and then my flight my second flight got canceled. I'm so sketchy about public bathrooms that I was like, oh, I can hold it. You know, it's only like a forty five minute flight from Charlotte to Virginia. I was like, oh, I can hold it, and then my flight got canceled. My girl had to come drive two hours to Charlotte to pick me up. And then after that, it was a two-hour drive back. So, bro, I literally, I was, I was hurting so bad. I'll never eat air, uh, airport food again. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm it's done. rough. Yeah, that's totally rough. Now, uh, you, you gotta, you, you mentioned that your, your fans were really bananas about your, uh, your conspiracy episode. When you, um, when you're planning out your podcast, do you think about things like that, and, and sort of like, uh, or do you just? You just talk about whatever with whoever, um, or do you like to keep it? Do you like to do like half of your episodes about fighting? Like, how do you like as a as a fellow podcast producer? I'm always curious on what everybody's approach is. No, I uh, I it's like the way that I describe my podcast to people is a mix between Joe Rogan and Howard Stern, right? Because I've had um, a lot of fighters, a lot of athletes have came on my podcast, and, and of course, like those episodes, you you talk mainly about fighting and you talk about fights coming up or or their next fight, and you talk about their diet and the weight cuts and stuff like that. But then I've also had, like, sex workers on. And I've, I've, uh, one of my really good friends, Lucy Power, um, <clears throat> Lucy Power, she came on, and, and we talked about her uh, job and the adult film industry and, and stuff like that. And, and I've had other guests where um, just who they are as a person has kind of stuck out to me. So I kind of I try to let the conversation kind of go where it wants to go. Um, I try to not force anything and, and the one thing that I try to not do is like I try to not talk about politics and I try to not really talk about religion too too much you know because it's, mm-hmm. it's two things that um, I like I said I'm like super into conspiracy theories so I try to not um, I try to not dive too deep into the ongoing you know Pizzagate and uh, Frazzle Drip and stuff like that just because people assume that I'm like a hardcore Trumper or something you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because if mm-hmm. you, because in people's eyes, if you oppose one side, you're automatically with the other. Apparently, Correct. you know, you know what I mean. Um, so, I try to, I try to steer away from that. And then religion, I'm, you might not uh, tell because I, I do curse quite a bit, but I'm, I'm very religious, and uh, you know, I don't ever want to like, I don't ever want people to feel like I'm forcing something on them, or I'm, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just try to steer clear of those two things. But other than that, yeah. I let conversation go wherever. If yeah. you want to talk for for two and a half hours about one midget porn scene that you've seen when you were a kid and you can't find it ever again you know what i mean like i just i let it go uh wherever it goes one i got a playlist (laughs) (laughs) and see that's that's kind of why i asked you like beforehand i was like hey is there anything we can't talk about you know so i bet you know you got a comedian on here you you can rest assured you know uh Unless it's a super successful comedian who's gonna watch out for their reputation, like Kevin Hart is at the point where he can't talk about everything. But like me, I'm not there. I wanted I wanted to uh, mention that I do know because I, I looked at your guests and I do know one of your guests, Ian McCall. Yes. I've actually I've actually hung out with Ian here in L.A. a few times and I've done shows with him, uh, and he is uh, a super dude and and he so he really is. He's very special, man. Very, very fascinating guy. He was dabbling in the stand-up comedy uh, area for yes. a while. That's how I met him. We've done several shows together. At the uh, the Laugh Factory. No, we we've done show. Uh, we did a show in. Uh, where was it? It was 
uh, shit, it was outside of LA. Was it Bakersfield? I can't remember. But then we've done a bunch of shows together in Hollywood at the at this place called The Dime, which is a bar that our mutual friend runs a weekly show at, uh, Adam Hunter. Uh, yes. Adam has a MMA podcast and he's yes. kind of busy in the MMA community. So Adam is one of my best friends and uh and ian's one of adam's friends so i met him through adam i met a bunch of fighters actually through adam uh lots of lots of fighters some very famous fighters as well uh through adam and doing shows with him and adam's taken me to vegas and he's taken me to reno and i've opened for him at various spots but yeah I, you i noticed that you had ian and i was like i i, I wanted to like mention that to you because i think ian's a very odd dude man and very very smart and just oh, yeah. a fascinating guy and that's one of the things like i'm like so i grew up watching mixed martial arts and ian isn't that much older than me but he's old enough to where i i watched him early in my life you know what i mean um because he, he started fighting kind of early and ian's one of those guys that i followed on social media consistently and i've kind of watched him grow not only as a fighter but as a person and uh with ian i'm sorry i might have called him adam just now because we were talking about adam hunter and i um, I really I love Adam Hunter as well. I listen to his podcast, but Ian um, Ian's one of those people who I've I've watched kind of grow not only as a fighter but as a person as well. And I knew that I wanted to get Ian on and talk about his microdosing uh, mushrooms because mm-hmm. he's you know he's behind this Decram uh, California for mm-hmm. um, for psilocybin mushrooms and I and I talked to him and man he is so smart. I feel like he's possibly one of the most misconstrued people. Uh, probably from the fight community because you you look at him and he's covered in these tattoos and you know That's he's right. got he's got the funny mustache you know yeah the curly mustache and, he is, uh, he's by far one of the smartest people I've he, ever spoken he to. is he's he, exactly he's so intelligent man like I, I, I've always had like these crazy conversations with him usually about um, psychedelics and, and whatnot um, he is he is super intelligent and I know he's deep in that community and he's doing fascinating things with them he really uh, is. He really and, is. And, and so, you know, and I've seen him try to uh, uh, do stand-up as well, and he's grown as a comic. I don't know if he's still into, into doing it. He seems to kind of be all over the place. He's got many different interests. Uh, he's kind of like a renaissance guy, really, in he many really ways. really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? He's just got all these different interests. Uh, it's so, like, yeah, yeah, great guy, man. Fucking great guy. I should I, I should listen to your episode with him because I'm sure I'll love it. Man, it's it's so informative, and that's I, I told him before it began, I said, dude, I said, don't let the silence on the other side, like, discourage you. Like, I'm taking it all in because, um, you know, I've been, I've been in combat sports since I was a, a child. You know, I'd done karate at a young age, and then I went straight into wrestling, and I wrestled my entire life, and then I went straight from wrestling on to fighting. And, you know, I've, I've had many concussions over the years, and when he started talking about how potentially microdosing mushrooms can uh, help with brain damage and CTE. I'm one of those people, when I coach, I don't coach to win fights. I coach to protect my fighters 100%. And and CTE and brain damage is a real thing. And you've seen it with, like, Aaron Hernandez, who uh, he wasn't even a fighter. He was in the NFL, you know, that, that mm-hmm. head-to-head uh, the collisions. I mean, that that's damaging to the brain. And I've went on other people's podcasts and spoke about CTE um, and trying to trying to raise awareness, you know, because there's a lot of young fighters, and I was one of them who, um, 
I, I didn't want to win or lose. I just wanted to fucking fight. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, I've took a lot of hits to the head. And so for me, like, I'm, it's something I'm very passionate about. It's protecting the brain and, and remembering as much as you can. And, and here's this guy that I've followed my entire life pretty much. And he's talking about this. Uh, it, it is in, it's, in, it's still in the trial uh, sessions, but how potentially hallucinogenic drugs can help uh, alleviate brain damage and, and brain trauma. And I knew that I had to talk to him. And, and man, it's a lot of him um, breaking it down like scientifically. So I, I feel like a lot of people, and there was actually a lot of people that downloaded the episode, and I feel like a lot of people might have not liked it because it was, um, there's a lot of big words. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and some of my listeners <laughs> yeah, are yeah. like, oh, bring another porn star on. You know what I mean? But Oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure. But it, it was such a great episode, man, and, and I cannot thank him enough for for coming on and talking and, and i would love to have him again man and adam hunter adam hunter's super cool man i love his podcast yeah uh, i've been on his podcast a few times it's uh, such a small world huh yeah it really is it really is i'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking down your guest list and i and i, and I you know i'm like oh, i must know some. i was seeing if you had any comedians before I'm like any other comedians just you so are, i know you were popping the cherry my friend yeah i'm popping the cherry and i'm like oh, okay fighter 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 oh, i'm like oh shit ian Uncle Creepy, fucking Uncle a. Creepy, yeah. Have you have you uh, dabbled in the hallucinogenics with him? Not with him. Um, on my own, I have, and I've even uh, I've even experimented with microdosing mushrooms for a, a period of about a month. And I I noticed, I didn't I didn't notice the sort of uh, effects that he he touts, um, but I did. I noticed I had a, a bit more energy. That's what I. That was to me clear more energy uh, i have a friend right now that's microdosing um weekly i guess and he he cannot brag enough about the um i don't want to say side effects because that make it makes it sound bad but the i guess the side effects of microdosing um psilocybin mushrooms he's not microdosing acid you know like aussie every single day <laughs> but uh you know he he says that there's benefits man yeah, you know, you'll find people experimenting with microdosing all of these things, and like, what's what's the harm in that? You know, I mean, look at look at the substances that we use on a daily. Some, you know, some people pump uh, two beers in their body every day. Some people, like me, it's two cups of coffee every day. Other people, it's like a pack of cigarettes every day. What is wrong with seeing what some other substances might have as far as an effect goes in in a lifestyle uh, change you might have? Uh, What's wrong with these trying these other substances? Just because they, just because they're uh, illegal, some quote of them. Quote unquote. Quote unquote. Well, if you study the history of these substances and you look at how they became legal and how arbitrary that whole uh, process was, then you shouldn't have any worry about you know the the dangers of these substances for you. You you know. It's like, uh, you know, the L, you look up the L, you know what the LD50 is? The LD50, the lethal dose 50. And when you're deciding on, this is a scientific term. Again, we're going to bore the shit out of your, out of your <laughs> listeners. But no, this is good shit they should know. Uh, you know, they can learn a thing or two from Ian and me. Uh, the LD50, that's a scientific term. It's called, it's the least lethal dose 50. And this is what you want to know with, with a substance that you're going to take. How much of the substance can you take uh, can needs to be given before, before the L, before LD50. Half of the test subjects die. In most cases, it's rats or mice. So how much, what's the LD50 for marijuana 
on rats. The, the LD50 never been, there, there isn't one. It's never been you, reached. It's never been reached. What's the LD50 on mice for, for acid? It's never been reached. For psilocybin, it's never been reached. Some of these illegal chemicals, they don't have an LD50. And they're completely safe. And so what is wrong with experimenting with them? Now, now you want to talk about ketamine? That has a, a low LD50. That is a dangerous... You fuck with that, you can die for sure. But there's these other chemicals that you can look this information up before you decide to experiment. You can look up and you can find what, how safe is this? How safe is this? Ayahuasca, you know, very safe. These natural hallucinogens, mushrooms, very safe. Uh, so yeah, and, and if, and people can find, we, you know, we live in the, in the age of information and you could just go online and you can find this information. There's nothing wrong with experimenting with these things on your mind. And I think microdosing is a new, a new fascinating area of study. And I would like to continue my, my own experimentation. And, but don't, you know, I always tell people to, that at the end of the day, you know, don't listen to what other people say about these things. You know, you have to have first person experiment experience with these things because uh they you know everybody reacts a little bit differently like for me all i noticed was higher energy for some people they actually experience a higher elevated mood as well for some people maybe no maybe they don't experience anything with while microdosing everybody is different don't listen just experiment for yourself everything else is hearsay you know absolutely i, I would like to dip dabble into this uh this other substance i don't know if you know anything about it it's called kratom Kratom, yes. Kratom, yeah. Kratom. So I, I know very little about this, but uh, you know, I've listened to a few podcasts on it, and, I, and I'm kind of fascinated in dipping my toe into this water here because uh, I think it could, for me, might be a replacement for, for coffee or caffeine, which is really not so good for uh, you know, my stomach. You know, I, I suffer from acid reflux and, uh, on, on a regular basis, and, and so the coffee seems to trigger this thing. And, I would love a way for me to still have a nice little kick in the morning without having to totally acidify my stomach. Um, so, yeah, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm researching right now. But I, I you know, you've got to do your research first. It's not something you just jump into. Absolutely. And, and, and to, your, uh, to add on to what you said, like, it does affect everybody differently. And there are a lot of people who truly don't need to, to try microdosing. There are a lot of people who truly don't need to try not only hallucinogens, but even marijuana, you know. And I remember I, uh, when I was really young, man, I'm talking uh, in high school, fresh out of high school, I, I started experimenting with, you know, mushrooms and, and all these other things. And I didn't, I, frankly, I didn't like it. And I decided, oh, okay, it's not for me. Um, and then, you know, speaking to a guy like you or speaking to an Ian McCall, like I said, my, my best friend, he, uh, he's microdosing and, and he, he's absolutely loving it. And hearing other people talk about what it's like for them, it kind of makes you want to maybe give it another shot. Um, but I'm, I'm very interested in the subject, man. I don't, yeah, like I said, like it's not something for me. Um, you know, maybe, maybe later on down the road, I would love to, to do an actual shaman experience, you know, the, in the sweat lodge with the ayahuasca, you know, and have one of those have one of those moments, but it's truly not for everybody. Um, but there are a lot of people that I think could really benefit from it. It's, it'd make you a lot nicer, I think. Like all these people who are holding this shit in, and it's just eating away at them, or even grieving, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, it. Th there's a reason why they call these things consciousness expand expanding 
chemicals. I don't even want to call them drugs. You know, a lot of times they're, they're, we, could, we could actually say consciousness-expanding plants. There's a, there's a reason why they call them consciousness-expanding. That seems to be one of the more common effects is giving you more awareness of your own life, your own position in the, on the earth, your own position in a social structure, your own position in, you know, if you're lucky, in the cosmos. I mean, there's levels of consciousness here. And, and one could make the argument that one of the things we need most of right now is consciousness. We have a lack of consciousness. This is why people don't want to wear masks in Huntington Beach, California. This is why people, this is why politicians are saying, let's open the schools. There's a lack of consciousness there. You, you know, when you have a lack of consciousness, you have a lack of empathy, a lack of awareness of what your, of how your decisions and behavior affect the world around you on a, on, on a big scale. This is why we have, we're polluting the earth underneath our feet. It's a lack of consciousness. It's a lack of consciousness why, you know, 1% of our country has 90% of the wealth. It's a lack of consciousness that this has happened. And, and so anything that gives us more consciousness, whether it's a fucking plant, a sexual position, or a, a song, like we should, we should find it and take a hit of it, you know, in my opinion. Absolutely. Like I said, like I, I think, and you know, I, I look at a lot of things through like this kind of old school hippie mindset of, of you know, uh, everybody get along, you know, love everybody and, and you know, um, but I truly do think that a lot of people would benefit from these drugs just, or I'm sorry, these, uh, these plants just because of the simple fact, like it's going to change who you are. A lot of people need that ego death, you know, and, and like I said, like I'm, I'm a very religious person. A lot of people have these spiritual, um, hallucinations and these these spiritual moments on these uh these chemicals you know the way they react with your brain and and i think right now a lot of people do need that ego death because and you know it's it's one of those things i'm guilty of it too you know you you post and you get likes and and you try to post content that people are going to share and 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 all this but um any, like I said, like I'm guilty of it too, but I think a lot of people rely too heavily on things like that and not enough. You, you know what really makes my day is like I come home and like seeing my daughter's face like that. That's my new, um, like my new like drug almost. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But there are some people who, who sit around and they, or they'll go to the beach, right? And they won't, they won't experience a single moment of it because they're too busy trying to take the best cleavage shot for Instagram or they're trying to get the best, the best mm-hmm. photo of like their, uh, their possessions, you know, and I'm, I'm <clears throat> not really like a possessive person. Like I have items that I love, you know what I mean? Like I have things that are essential to me, you know, my motorcycle, my vehicle, uh, you know, this, this computer to, to podcast with, but, um, I'm not like a really materialistic person, I guess. And I just, I think a lot of people would benefit from a bit of an ego death. But it's yeah. one of those things where a lot of people can't handle that. You know, there's a lot of underlying uh, side effects, underlying mental conditions that people don't realize that they might uh, possess, you know? Well, you know, one of the things that these, uh, these substances can do and people can benefit from this experience, and it's not just these substances, it's other experiences too, like, uh, like a deep religious experience. You could probably experience this through some lengthy meditations, yoga, maybe like a near-death experience, uh, an out-of-body experience perhaps uh, as well, maybe even childbirth. There's a lot of these experiences on the menu that, that will kind of 
pluck you out of your culture. They, they sort of pull you out of culture where you're not even able to think about cult culture. You're just, you're, at, you're having this mystical experience, whatever you want to call it. There's many names for it. But you're kind of at one with the cosmos, let, let's say, as, as hippy-dippy as that sounds. There's a lot of ways to do that, right? And each time this happens, I think, it gives you, we need this. It's an awareness that you are a special light being that, that is only dressed up in a culture. This is just the clothing that we're wearing, this culture. You know, it, we're, it's like a software that we're, we're running right now, uh, America 2.0, you know. And when you can kind of step out of it through, that, through those kinds of experiences, you can see how ridiculous the culture is and how it doesn't really have your best interest. It's sort of turning you into this, this, uh, this person who's uh, materialistic or uh, vain, uh, selfish a lot of times. I mean, our culture for one, you know, you, I mean, we can't blame all these people that are taking selfies at the beach. We live in a culture that tells you, hey, here's, here's how life can be rewarding to you. If you're pretty, right, and people want you for your exterior, and if you have a lot of things, okay, so go get that job that allows you to have a big paycheck and buy a lot of things. Like these are things, this is, these are ways of life, ways of, uh, modes of happiness, right? We could call them that our culture teaches us when we're young. Hey, this is how, how would, you know, cause you kind of, you, you're growing up, you're like, well, how do I be happy? Well, the, our culture seems to ignore the intrinsic happiness and say, you know, you should seek happiness outside yourself. So sometimes you'll take these substances and you can see the culture for what it is. It's, it's bullshit. And you're able to see slowly over time or sometimes in just one instant, one great experience that's mystical and you have an instant flash of realization that everything that you've been sold about the culture as, uh, is just bullshit, you, you know, and then you can begin from there. You can begin to learn what really makes you happy, like what life is really about and how do you, how do you really find meaning because the thing that we're being sold is just fleeting. These happinesses are never enough. You know, your cleavage is never going to be enough. You're just going to have to keep getting bigger and bigger cleavage. You know, you're, the, the things that you own, you know, are never going to be enough. You always have to get better and more expensive things as you go along because it never really satisfies. These substances and these experiences let you see this bullshit for what it is, you know. Uh, I was at, for a little while. I had a podcast about this. It was called "Free Your Effing Mind." I only did about ten episodes, but it was all about uh, trying to get people to to free their mind and free themselves from the forces of of the of the of culture. Sort of, but first to recognize the forces of culture. So I had episodes that were like, "Don't go to college. Don't consume." Uh, going to Mars is stupid, like just episodes that are sort of trying to get people to snap out of what our culture has sold us uh, is a way to live and what, you know, our culture has this menu of, of, of ideas and ways to live that it kind of hands you when you're young from different institutions like your family and your school and the workplace and, and this and that and local government, etc. But that menu is, is bullshit, man. Yeah, that was a that was a long rant. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're perfectly fine. And and to add to your point, you know, the most singular moment of my life um, that I feel um, kind of like opened my mind, I guess. And and you know, like I said, like 
I don't ever try to like push religion on anybody, but it, it honestly like it brought me uh, like closer to God. Like it made me more religious. Was the birth of my daughter, you know, and that it kind of it kind of snapped me out of this reality where before I had my daughter, I was kind of materialistic and I was, I was one of those people. I was like, Oh, I, I want to post a cool fight clip and get a bunch of views or, Oh, I want to post uh, this picture of, of my, my motorcycle or my truck, or I want to, I want, you know, I was a very materialistic person. Um, and then, you know, having a daughter, you know, your life does change when you become a parent, but there was a moment where we're in the hospital and, it was like it was like everything lined up and everything happened perfectly. It was like uh, like God was speaking to me, like, "Hey, everything's gonna be okay." And it, since that moment, man, I I've not. I mean, I've, I'm still. I feel like everybody's materialistic to a point. Um, and you know, I'm I'm proud. Like, I just bought a new motorcycle. Like, I'm proud of it. Like, I want to share it. But at the same time, like, I'm not materialistic. Like, at the end of the day. As long as I have, like, my, my daughter, my daughter's okay. As long as my wife's okay. You know you know what I mean? Like, it kind of, it's something that puts life in perspective for you. Um, yeah, you had that experience with, the uh, you know, childbirth there. You yeah. Know, a child coming in your life, that was an awakening moment for you. Uh, and yeah. and it, I, you know, I feel like it, more people need those, those moments. <laughs> maybe not kids. Maybe not everybody needs a kid, but more people need those awakening moments. Yeah, and and they're hard. Like it's unpredictable, and it's hard. It's hard to find what what works for people. Uh, so, you know, some of these substances that we've alluded to uh, can can work. And and the great thing about them is they're, they're it's on demand. Like you could not everybody can go and have a near death experience. Yes. Not everybody can just go and have a baby. Uh, so these substances allow you over a weekend on demand to have an experience that could be very deep and life-changing. Something that expands your awareness for a few hours where you see the whole fucking picture from afar. And then you can then, when you come down from there with that information, you can then, you know, rearrange your life for the better, whatever it might be. There's no mystery while that there are been so many, you know, these, of course, a lot of these experiments have been buried and they're old because it was before these substances were made illegal, but there was experiments where, you know, t people like Timothy Leary and his gang were, were working on uh, giving prisoners mushrooms and seeing how can how they can be reformed. And there was a bunch of experience with, with LSD up in Saskatchewan, Canada, where they were giving these doses to alcoholics and getting people off alcohol. You know, there's there's evidence that this stuff really can make change in your, in your life. Because eventually during a... Uh, during a especially a psychedelic experience you're going to be faced with yourself at some point after all the funny colors and the laughing dies down you're going to be sitting with yourself in your life and if you're an asshole and your family can't fucking stand you you're, you're going to have to <laughs> you're going to feel it man you're going to face it if the dose is strong enough you're going to face it and then you're going to cry through it and you're going to think about it and you know it's happened to me many times many times that I've had that realization that what an asshole I have been, what what an asshole I've been to my brother, what an asshole I've been to, you know, insert family member or 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 ex, you know, how many exes have I wronged, and I I've thought about those things on substances before, and it you can come out of there wanting to transform yourself, 
And that's really the only way to change, right? You, you know, we all know somebody who needs some rehab, but just grabbing them and putting them in rehab is never going to work. They have to want, they have to have some inner realization that, and that makes them want to change. No one can just be brought to rehab and have it work. And just like when you, you know how you have friends that have an issue, you talk to them. No conversation can do it either, man. It's very rare. You know, my brother has had drug problems and I've talked to him and we've all talked to him. And until my brother has an experience and wants to change himself, none of this talk is even going to work. It just doesn't get through. It has to come from inside. It has to come from the person. And these experiences can make that happen. They can be a catalyst to this kind of realization and henceforth a catalyst for this kind of life transformation. Absolutely. I don't mean to keep saying absolutely, but I, I, I agree. And uh, I've known many addicts throughout my life and, and it's, I mean, you're exactly Of course, right. you're in no, Florida. Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> nobody can, uh, uh, nobody can, can change until they want to. And I really, I hate using the term look up to, but I look up to these people, these former addicts or these uh, criminals who they find religion or they, they try um, a substance like we're talking about or, or they, they do something, right? And sometimes it's even... You know, there was a prison system. I can't remember what state it was in, but they were letting the prisoners, like, walk dogs and, like, groom dogs. But something something like that can change somebody's life. 360. You know what I'm saying? This guy, let's say Mike, goes to jail uh, for, let's say, like, assault and, assault and battery. You know, he he uh, was at a, uh, in and out, and they didn't have his order out quick enough, and he just started bashing the cashier. You know, over the head with with uh, the Thousand Island dressing sauce bottle, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. So he goes to jail, and while he's in jail, he has this this religious experience. You know, this one night where he wakes up and he he just decides to read the Bible. Or let's say that they he's in this program where they bring in these dogs and they let him groom the dogs. Or let's say an older inmate comes up to him and says, "Hey, yeah, I was you one time. You know, I was I was in your shoes." These profound experiences that these people have. When they turn their life around, dude, I, I look up to those people who completely do the 360. I absolutely love hearing stories about that. Um, and it's just, it's it's one of those things where like everybody loves the underdog story. You know what I mean? Everybody loves yeah. those stories. But when you get to see one in real time play out, um, and I hope, you know, I hope your, your brother ends up finding his way, you know, and I've had many friends struggle and just seeing them prosper now, like that's one of the coolest feelings in the world. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't mean to keep rambling, but I do think that, that these psychedelic drugs can help people get to where, where they need to be. Right. And that's why I'm such a, um, like, that's why I, I ride by them so much, even though I don't, I don't do hallucinogenic drugs, but I've, I'm believing that they can help people truly like I truly do believe that they can help people so I'm gonna I'm gonna sign every petition I'm gonna go to every fundraiser you know what I mean yeah that's good that's good you know it's it's uh in many ways I mean I hate to be a Debbie Downer about it it's very sad uh like clearly we we know we have an idea on how to rehabilitate people but for whatever reason, we don't, we just don't do it. It's not really, it's just not really happening. Uh, you know, business as usual is, 
you know, you take a criminal and you put him in, you treat him like a rat, you throw him in a cage, you know, for insert amount of years. This is our idea of rehabbing. This is our idea of fixing the problem, you know, but we know that there are constructive ways to get these people on the right track. And we have the resources, we have the money to do this if our government wouldn't spend, uh, wouldn't buy, you know, F-35 fighter planes that, you know, $500 million a pop that are just going to rust on a tarmac. Uh, we have the resources to make this place a paradise and to fix the problems and to fix the people that are suffering, to fix the people that have mental disabilities, physical disabilities, disease, the diseased. You don't, uh, you don't like we, the air shows? <laughs> the air shows. Yeah, they're good for that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been to Dodger Stadium. Yeah, the, uh, we have the, you know, it's, we have the, the resources to do it. We have the know-how to do it, yet, yet we keep plugging along business as usual, and we're getting, we really are getting nowhere, and we see the fallout to that. The fallout to that is just, a, it's a mess, man. And it's, and it's really, to bring it around full circle, it's really why we see the virus running so rampant around here is because we just cannot get it together. Um, we just cannot. And, and it's sad because we totally could. We totally could. We are so wealthy. And, uh, you know, it just, it just makes me angry. Uh, that we just haven't, we're not able to flick that switch. That's all it is. It's like we're in the, it's like the house is on fire and we can't even get off the couch to turn the thermostat down, you know? It's, well, it's, it's when you turn things into a business, you know, is when um, sometimes I feel like the good intentions are overshadowed by the uh, good money, you know? And that's criminals. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the prison system has become, um, it's big business. Yeah, it's it's a it's a monetary gain, and so is rehab, man. It, rehab. I I was trying to help someone uh, one time, and I was starting to look into helping them pay for a rehab uh, experience. It's absolutely outrageous, absolutely mm-hmm. outrageous, and it kind of makes mm-hmm. you wonder at the end of the day. Okay, how much is this actually gonna help? Yeah, I mean, I no doubt. You know, I think rehab is probably the best place for a lot of people. But you gotta wonder. Um, it's almost like they they put it out of reach, right? With the, the the price, they put it out of reach. Just like like a new iPhone is like twelve hundred dollars, right? They're almost putting it out of reach. And I'm not saying everybody needs an iPhone, but but they they do these things. They put this shit out of reach because they know people are gonna pay for it. And and you're you're back into this vicious cycle, man. It's it's such a weird time to be alive right now. Like to yeah. watch it play out. And it's, uh, you know, it's a weird time to to be a father, I'm sure, when you witness what's going on. No, you it's know? terrifying. I mean, I mean do you, you must have fears and nightmares about uh, maybe this, maybe where our countries could be headed uh, and what that means for the, the future of your, of your daughter. If it will be, I mean, I can't see our our grandkids having any recognizable future at all. I mean, you know what I've kind of, you know what I've kind of told myself? I I didn't mean to cut you off, but I've firmly told myself and I've told my wife too, if shit in America gets to the point where, um, we 
where neither one of us are comfortable living here anymore. My my company is in Canada. I'll Ooh. I'll go to I'll go to Edmonton. You know, and wow. I'm a, I'm a Florida man. You know, a lot of Canadians are kind of getting more on that redneck side. You know, with the mullets and the hockey. And, you know, <laughs> you fit right in. Yeah. I, lo- I love hockey. I love a good mullet, and I love the snow. So, hey. Well, you know, if you love the snow, man. I mean, hey, this isn't a bad idea, man. You know, and I've thought about the, I've thought about similar things. You know, I've had long talks with my my gal who's in Singapore, and you know our. Our plans to be together have been put on the shelf because of this virus. She was supposed to be living here with me by June, and it's uh, it's 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 been put on hold to say the least. She sees what's going on over here. She sees that we cannot seem to get our shit together, and she's not really going to come here until we can get it under control. Especially not Los Angeles County, which mm-hmm. is a mess. Uh, her country is completely safe, and I think sometimes, hey, maybe I you know maybe I could make that my home. I, I, if I'm thinking about where this place is headed, where you know, I'm thinking like you. I'm thinking maybe skip town, maybe maybe it, just kind of extract myself from this mess. Well, it's just because because you know, uh, you know, the riots were breaking out everywhere, and and there's obviously all these things going on behind the scenes. With uh, did you see the Wayfair thing? I did not. I don't uh, think I did. Wayfair was linked to uh, sex trafficking, child trafficking. This is a grocery store? Uh, Wayfair is the that website where you can go on and buy like cabinets and you can buy furniture and, and just different items. But they had – here's the, the conspiracy part of this podcast for everybody that was patiently waiting for me to go off the fucking rails. Yeah, um, let me hear this. Let me hear you go so, off the rails. So there was these items listed on Wayfair's website that were named after children on the missing children's list, right? And for um, a nominity, I'm not going to say the actual names of those children, but let's just give an example right here. So there would be, like, let's say that I'm a missing child, um, and let's say that my name was, uh, okay, Smokey, right? Because I'm looking at this, this vape juice bottle that says Smokey on it. So let's say my name was Smokey. They would have this, this um, it was like a cabinet on there, right? And it would be named Smokey. And then the price would be ten grand for a, let's say like a fucking like a fifty dollar cheap cabinet, right? Okay, let's say that uh, let's say that you were a missing child, right? So they would have one. It was called Jonesy, ten grand on it, or maybe twelve grand on that one. Same cabinet, just a different name. And uh, somebody on Reddit or 4chan or Twitter somehow put it together, and they. Uh, found out that Wayfair is apparently a very shady company. And, uh, yeah, so it kind of all came full circle. So when the Wayfair stuff hit, and plus we're, we're rioting in the streets, there was actually a cop that uh, got his neck cut in my hometown, in the town I live in now. Um, and I was just I was telling my wife, I was like, you know what, like, I don't, I don't mind snow at all. She said, "Yeah, me either." So I said, "You know what? This might be a good option to look look into." You know, because it, it just it. I feel like right now would be the perfect time, and I hope I don't give any Al Qaeda or anybody like advice right now. But it just seems like this would be like a perfect time if anybody wanted to attack us because we're so weak. You know, we're we're literally rioting in our streets and we're we're in this huge social divide. Like it just doesn't feel like this would be the best place to be right now. So I was like, shit, Canada, you know, it's relatively close. You know, we could catch the, the red eye down here, you know, 
you know and and yeah you know i like like i said i like snow i like hockey you know i feel like some of the coolest people in the world are missing some teeth you know and so i would get along really good with the hockey community up there and, and you, you know, know I, you he- you hear all the stories about how safe it is up there and how i firmly they leave, believe they leave their doors unlocked and stuff i mean this is like i firmly fabulous. believe if i was to put on ice skates i would be like lebron james on skates oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. maybe <laughs> maybe i should stick to being like a goalie but yeah i feel like i could probably do that you know so i uh <laughs> I covered a, a weird a story on my podcast uh, that kind of ties into what you're talking about now in a way. It's really ridiculous. Uh, there was a because of the uh, the border lockdown. There was a there was a young Florida girl that was trapped in Canada, <laughs> and uh, she's about 22 years old. Uh, the neighbors had to call the police on her because she kept skinny dipping. She kept breaking into her neighbor's yard and, oh and pool and skinny dipping in their pool and leaving like food out. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta look at this logically, right? So she's a Florida girl, right? You gotta wonder, was she attractive? So I'm gonna guess that she wasn't or else the neighbors would have never called. Yeah, they would have never called. Unless it was like, well, maybe she was attractive and the neighbors Got the neighbor's wife was like oh, not having that yeah. that could be a thing that could be a thing too or maybe but you know i remember I, I was covering the story and i was just like there you go canada yeah a little <laughs> dose of little dose of florida for you they're trying to get rid of her as soon as possible <laughs> they're like what is this florida condition we're dealing with up here yeah welcome this florida man baby <laughs> they shut the, they shut the borders <laughs> i mean they're just they're, they're trying to not allow americans in and it's just like yeah not american yeah and and watch what happens when a floridian goes up there they'll be locking their doors now <laughs> so well, you know, funny. The, the problem could have been they were super ocd and she's just leaving nachos she's leaving pizza there's pepperonis floating in the pool yeah she was leaving her clothes too sometimes oh yeah she was definitely not attractive if, if if this was the case. Yeah, there was no photo of her that I saw. But um, Let's, let's yeah. talk about your podcast for a second. How do you find these, these stories? Do you just... How, well, uh, the weird stories, they, they're out there, man. I mean, it's, they're everywhere, really. A lot of them are emailed to me because my fans just keep pumping stories. They'll send them to me on Instagram as well, so through social media. And then I'll just, um, I got some, a few sites that I bookmark that I'll go to one, you know, uh, I find stories on Reddit, of course, but there's these other sites that have just weird news all the time. Huffington Post being one of them. Um, uh, you know, so there's, yeah, this stuff is, uh, I got a bunch of sites bookmarked and I just hit them up and we, I just, we cr- used to have it cause I'm, I'm from a really small town, uh, in Virginia. And so we used to have this little article in our paper. It was called the blotter. And they would post all the funny, um, like the the funny kind of uh, police stories, I guess. And there was one that stuck out to me. It was a guy was drunk driving his his John Deere down the, uh, I guess, the main street or whatever. And when the police came to like pull him over, he tried to speed away. <laughs> and, and you know, a, a little John Deere, you know, a little a little lawnmower, it's only gonna do about fifteen if you're lucky, you know. And he was literally trying to speed away. Um, but I just, I, ever since, ever since I seen your podcast and I've been listening and of course I've been listening to Florida Fridays, which, you know, I'm giving you the middle finger through the microphone right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I love it, man. The, the Batman one, the Batman one got me. Oh yeah. Yeah. The guy who was, uh, was, was arrested and 
was asked, he kept saying, I'm, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I was like, that's so Florida. Like, like 100%. Yeah, yeah. And then, so what, to add to your, to your Florida man, uh, your Batman post, my wife sent me this video earlier today. She was in traffic, and the guy in front of her had a big Batman logo on the back of his car. And instantly I thought of you. I was like, there's that motherfucker right there. Yeah, that's him. That's Batman. <laughs> they let him out of the jail. They, yeah, yeah. The, the Florida Fridays stories are always fun. Well, they have to be uh, easier to find. They're so easy to find, man. There's like a face. There's like several Facebook pages, but that are, that are just Florida man Facebook news uh, on there, and it's just like, there's they're so easy to find. They're crazy. When did this and happen? That, this Florida man mentality was it after the guy was on the bath salts and he, he ate the other? I guy? think so. I think so. That's the story that I remember that kind of put it on the map, right? The bath salt incident. Have you ever everybody? Heard the, go ahead. I was going to say, everybody remembers that. Everybody knows about that. Have you ever heard of the guy, the Florida man, that was dangling from the uh, red light shitting on the cars? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's another one, yeah. We yeah. definitely don't help ourselves out. No, you don't. You know, you seem to be the most reasonable Florida person <laughs> in the whole state, bro. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. You're, just... you're a perfect candidate to go to, to, go to, uh, to, go to Canada, or at least... If not, just can you can you be governor and kind of get, oh right the God. ship? Can I you made, get can you I, get it in order? <laughs> I made this joke about two weeks ago, and I started filing to try to become the mayor. I couldn't even Great. Fucking, I couldn't even figure out the paperwork, bro. But I was like, I made a Facebook <laughs> status. I said, Hey, everybody, just write me in on October the fifth. <laughs> so maybe maybe it happens. Hey, it might happen. Who knows? Don't, don't discount it. I feel like instantly. Although like, you know, although you know, you know, people in Florida can't write, so that's a problem. Oh, hey, man. here's the middle finger again. Hey, <laughs> the birds flying out of the cage towards you, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I feel like instantly, like my second day in office, they just impeach me just from listening to the podcast. They'd be like, "Oh no, he's no." <laughs> uh, no, he hangs out with porn stars. This guy, what the hell? Did you guys listen to that hour and thirty minute rant he done? <laughs> He was talking about he, JFK and 9-11. Oh, yeah, yeah. That stuff will make you look crazy right there. I posted, <laughs> like this I posted on Twitter earlier today. I said the real Tony Hawk died in 1982. The Tony Hawk that you see is a CIA agent whose whole job was to get middle-aged men into skateboarding and up the opioid uh, pandemic. And wow. I, I tweeted it as a joke, and then like people started liking it and then i was like holy shit like it actually does make sense <laughs> this, this is how this is how these things get spread right this is how these these nonsense what, stories what go true? and go and go uh, what if it's, it's true though it's true if you believe it ah, ah. <laughs> oh no what's that line in seinfeld george goes jerry J george uh, jerry's about to take a lie detector test and george goes jerry it's not a lie if you believe it, <laughs> it's like okay, I'll remember that. That's right. Hey, let me let me ask you this, man, because you've been on you've been on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you've been on Gotham. Since you've been on TV, does it affect what you watch? Well, uh, like if you work with somebody and you're just like, oh, he's a total dick. I'm not watching his show. Like, have you had those moments? I haven't really. Uh dealt with anyone who was who was a dick i've been very fortunate yeah, a couple people but i don't like the shows that they they're on really that much anyways so uh it doesn't really have any bearing on what i choose to watch what what has bearing on what i choose to watch is if it's weird i like weird shit 
Um, you know, that's why I do my podcast, Weird AF News. I'm just into what's different. You know, so usually the things that I will watch aren't really mainstream. You know, uh, everyone's watching this and I'll kind of, I'll kind of, everyone's zigging and I'll kind of zag. I'll try and find something else that I think is, and usually I'll just, I'll be rewarded with finding weird stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there. I find that when I watch what everyone else likes, I, I just, it's not enough for me. It doesn't really hold my attention. Uh, and that goes for like Game of Thrones and all that stuff. It just doesn't really, ah, it doesn't really do it for me. You know what I'm watching right now is King of the Hill and Sopranos reruns. Oh, so I would, I would, you know, I, I actually thought about uh, rewatching King of the Hill. Uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I because I forget how I really forget a lot of it. I was very young. Um, yeah, that would be more my speed to go back and watch something old lately. So lately, I kind of went down a, a, a bit of a hole with anime. I, I don't know if you ever watch anime, but I've never really been that into it. And I, I really fell in love with this uh, 80s anime. It was the golden age of anime. And there's a lot of these old anime from the 80s and early 90s that's uh, for adults. It's very dark and uh, it's violent. It has edgy themes. Uh, there's a lot of nudity. It's really great shit, man. I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of that stuff lately, because it's just weird. Um, but usually, I'm onto stuff that no one's really talking about. I, I can't really talk to my friends about these such things because they just don't watch the same stuff that I that I watch. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't really affect what I choose to watch. What I choose to watch is just like, let me go. Let me find the edges. What no one's really looking at. The weirdest shit I can find. I uh, if you if you like edgy like kind of anime uh, stuff if you go on webtoons and you type in it's called Breakhold it's like all in caps uh, my buddy actually wrote it and it's I've never been like a huge anime or like manga fan but it's actually really good he has some really dark themes on there man and, oh uh, I like that that's what I like I like dark themes on everything like like watching I watched uh, Sons of Anarchy if if you take away from the fact that all of these guys you know are they're definitely not bikers, right? Because they're they're the Hollywood, the attractive version, and and you know they they have the good soundtrack behind it and the epic storylines. If you really break it down, Sons of Anarchy is depressing as shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, it's true. Like it's super depressing. And I watched it not too long ago, and I was just like, wow, this is darker than I remember. You know, this guy has to he has to kill his stepdad. He has to kill his his mom. He watches his best friend die, and I oh spoiler alert. You've not seen it, but no, I haven't <laughs> seen it. Oh, <laughs> it shit. sounds great. Shit. <laughs> no, it sounds lovely. I have this. What I have this thing I that I tell people: if you're more than five years behind, it's not a spoiler alert anymore. Uh, yeah, there you go. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That reminded me of a. a there's a show I like called Flowers. It's a. It's a British dark comedy. The opening scene is a man. Uh, trying to hang himself from a tree but the rope breaks and he hits the ground and then he walks dejectedly into the house with the broken rope and then his wife comes from the other room and kisses him and goes happy anniversary honey and that's how this that's how the show starts so here's a guy trying to kill himself on his wedding anniversary (laughs) so i'm like i was like all right i'm on board yeah, and the whole show is very dark. It's about a dysfunctional family. It's very dark. That's that's what I'm into. So I probably would would enjoy this, this Sons of Anarchy show, which I haven't watched. Have you seen uh, Ricky Gervais' new show, The Afterlife? 
No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, it's it's about a guy who's severely depressed after his wife passes away, and man, it is like it's it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, that's really depressing, and then you start watching, and you're just like, holy shit! Like, like I like the darker themes like that. Like I yeah, I, don't, I, d- I, I can't too. just sit like if I if I sit and watch like a comedy, it's got to be like King of the Hill. Like I can I can watch that, um, but if I sit around and just watch comedies, like I don't. I don't get the same enjoyment as I get of watching like Ozark, you know, like where there's you're constantly in suspense. Um, yeah, just yeah. stuff stuff like that. Did you? Are you a big horror guy? Yeah, I do like horror movies as well. Have yeah. You, have you seen that? It's a TV show. It's the the Haunting of Hill House or whatever. Uh no, I haven't seen that. Good. Uh, I, I'm starting to watch it. Yeah, it's really good. It's oh, another yeah. one of those dark things, like like all the all these siblings have their own issues, and, and it's like this haunted house that they used to live in, like still haunts them and shit. It's crazy. I did watch. Uh, I did give American Horror Story a, a shot, and I did enjoy the first couple, the first three seasons. I only liked uh, Coven. Uh, and I think Coven was the one I stopped watching. On really, yeah, I was like, with these cute little witch girls, like what is what's going on here? <laughs> You know, Kathy uh, Bates stole the show. Yeah, well, yeah, Kathy Bates, right? She's she's pretty fantastic. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy the beginning of that, and then I gave the hotel a chance a little bit, and it just, I, I don't know, the earlier seasons to me were very good, and I just kind of trailed off. But I, I would give this uh, Hill House a, a shot for sure, because I do like horror. I find myself really uh, gravitating towards um, Asian horror movies. They just do them oh, so well. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Korean, Japanese horror is like, wow, it's really well done. They really have nailed that genre. Um, if you don't mind subtitles, reading subtitles <laughs> to get yourself through it, it's, it's really rewarding. Really, really rewarding. Do you remember when, uh, when The Grudge first came out? Yeah, so The Grudge, yeah. And then if you watch the Asian version of The Grudge, it's That's even scarier. Say, yeah. yeah, it's fucking great. It's great. My favorite horror movie of all time is an Asian horror movie called um, uh, Rigor Mortis. Uh, and it's... Uh, yeah, that's my favorite horror movie. Not a lot of people have seen this flick. It's very good, subtitled, of course, but yeah, I highly recommend it. And that director of that movie has done a bunch of horror uh, movies as well that aren't quite as good, but they're still all very, very good. Yeah, Asian horror movies. Yeah, very, very uh, highly recommended if you like if you like horror. You're already familiar with it, though, so for your listeners' sake. Yeah, I do like the dark shit, though, for sure. Uh, you know? We were talking about Kathy Bates a second ago. My favorite role she ever done was The Waterboy. She was Mama. Oh, uh, she plays his mother, right? Yeah. Yeah, she plays uh, uh, Adam Sandler's mama. He, she's talking about Adam Sandler's dad in that movie, and, and she says he, he changed his name to Roberto and said it sounded more sophisticated. <laughs> and he left me for a voodoo woman named Phyllis. <laughs> oh, man. That's such a good movie. I love those older Adam Sandler movies. I can actually sit and watch those. Like the I, happy you know, Madison it, shit. It's been so long since I've seen those. I would imagine they still, they still hold up. You know what? What comedy movie I've I've recently watched during a bout of depression, uh, and it I knew it would cheer me up, and it actually delivered. Was uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Oh my god! It's still funny. I couldn't believe it. It still holds up. I laughed out loud many times. I I couldn't believe it. I thought I might thought. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll probably think this is just kind of corny now. Not at all. Still bona fide fucking funny. Do you do you keep up with football? NFL? Yeah, I'm a huge well, I'm a huge NFL fan. Yeah. Okay, so you know Uncle Rico came to Jacksonville and took a photo with Gardner Minshew. Oh, really? 
Oh my god. It, was he was he still looking like Uncle Rico with his stash? He was. He even drove the van down. And and of course Gardner Minshew had the stash too. Yes, it was, right? It was my Facebook profile photo for about for about two wow. weeks Wow. Man, yeah, that movie still holds up though. It absolutely does. I, I, I can say that and, and, and I, I was I gotta say I was surprised because I thought Oh, I probably like that because I was young and it's juvenile, but nope. Nope. It is very, very funny. Very fucking funny. That movie's fucking great. Do you remember the, the guy that played Napoleon in that movie? What was his name? Um, I don't remember his name in real life. The curly-haired dude. Yeah, he went on to do... He, he's to done of... some movies since then and web series and whatnot. I, I, uh, John Helleman or something? I'm trying to think of his... Was he the only one that really went on to do John Hader? That's what it was. John Hader, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Was he, was he I, the only one from that movie that really went on and done other other movies and shows? I believe so. I believe so. There, there is a uh, another. There's an actor in there who plays the uh, karate instructor, though. Who's, uh, who's oh. Uh, He's been he's been on whose line is it anyway? He's been uh, in the comedy scene for a, a, a long, long time. I've seen him in other movies. Yeah, break the remember. wrist and walk away. Yeah, walk away. Break the wrist and walk away. He says. Yeah. He says, grab my grab my wrist with your other hand. No, the <laughs> other hand. <laughs> and I love how he keeps referring to his wife, his wife Darla, like or Starla. <laughs> It is like a photo of her, and she looks like a man with a wig, you know? Oh, yeah, she's the, she's the bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like the bodybuilder, and, it, and he keeps referring to her. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many little, very specific, funny little moments and just flavors of comedy in that film, man. The whole, the whole they go on, they're selling Tupperware. Like, ah. Oh. And then Kip's... Kip's got like an online girlfriend who ends La up being Fonda. like this La Fonda, this older, like very tall, beautiful black woman who just so totally surprises you because you look at Kip and you're just like, it, it's so goddamn funny. Oh man! You know, you know uh, the the oh, fuck. What was his name? Rex Quando. Yeah, yeah, that's his name, Rex Quando. He was in Jay and Silent Bob. You remember that? He was the the security guard. Oh yeah, yeah, I recall that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he's he, been in a bunch of movies for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's the the Rex Quando. You think anybody wants to get wheel kicked in these bad boys? <laughs> you know, I mean that you know, and then in Napoleon like drives. What does he drive him there? And Kip's like on a skateboard with a rope behind oh, the. He's, he's oh, oh it's, yeah, he's pulling him on the bicycle. Like these little funny little quirks about that movie. Like it still really holds up. It's just. It's so weird, too. I think that's why I love it so much. It's so weird. Like, I've showed that movie to people before, and they don't get the comedy because it is very weird, you know? It's a very, it's a very specific brand of humor, um, and I think that's why I love it so much. Like, it, has, it has no plot, though, right? Well, yeah, so what is the plot of Napoleon Dynamite? To be, to be accepted by oh, the by the school you're looking at it a lot deeper than i than i did yeah, yeah well i've written i've written stuff before and you know you you know you always find the theme you know and what is your what is your film trying to do what is your what is your story that you're writing trying to do it should always have a goal i think in that one is to uh you know show people that the the outcasts are are uh, can be uh, can be lovable as well, you know. I, I think that, and, and that's what they were—a bunch of outcasts, right? And they, but they're good people. And doesn't it, doesn't it feel like shit when you show somebody like a movie or like a song and they just don't appreciate it? 
Oh man, you know, and you always discover this when you're dating or you're in relationships, you know, it's just like, because you, you want to show the, those people, not just your world, but like what your favorite things are, right? And yeah. then it, and when sometimes those things are rejected and it's hard not to take it personally, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, so you, your best relationships and bonds are, they can happen because you share a like for those kinds of things, but equally they can they can make you kind of cut you uh, down, cut you down, and and they could create a rift between you and 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 someone as well, uh, for for sure. You know, I've I've been in relationships with uh, a, a lot of women who uh, have shared my sense of humor, and that 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 was helpful. That was helpful. We could we could enjoy the same. Like, oh my God, she likes an Adam Sandler movie. Great, we're gonna get along. Great, you know that kind of stuff. You could just tell. You know. Uh, and like, it's like almost almost like you can even pick the people that you'll date if like you can kind of test them hey if i show them if they don't like a stanley kubrick movie like i'm like all right it's over we're, we're done you know you can kind of even test them like that if they don't get it you know well that's essentially how like dating websites work isn't it yeah is it yeah so our your interests they try and line you up i guess depending on the the, the dating site right they do get specific so they can line you up with someone who also likes uh napoleon dynamite for, for instance you know like even if i guess i never was on one of those sophisticated dating sites where you pay and then they give you like a questionnaire i've always just done the free ones and like the i, I tried tinder and like bumble or whatever the hell it's called so and they don't they don't really get too deep with the questions but you know if you you get into one of those ones you actually can be linked up with someone who also loves napoleon dynamite i'd imagine and that's a good place to start I've never, uh, you know, because I've been with the same girl for forever. Um, before but, dating apps. Yeah, before dating apps. But one of my buddies was, was on Tinder, and, and he was showing me one day. We were, like, at work, and he was, like, showing me how it works. And I was like, so you, you literally just judge this off somebody's appearance. Yes, like, what if yes. Like, what if they're that's a total right. dick? A hundred percent, that's what's happening on there, is just judged by total appearance you for the I'm, most part at least from the guy's perspective i would say for sure what if you what if you meet a girl and you you go out to a restaurant with her right like it's your first date your first meeting you know outside of like on this app and she tells you at the table oh okay i don't like dogs i don't like music i don't watch movies and then she doesn't tip the waiter you know what i mean yeah you know it's a shame that you'd have to waste time finding that out right I mean, but that seems to be the state of affairs if you're going to use that kind of site to meet your person. Yeah, yeah uh, very true. It's, I mean, it's no mystery to me why, why those sites are seem to be hookup centric, because you're just like, you're just, you're just kind of getting together based on these superficial qualities like looks only or you know hot body only, and of course you know it's just going to be a hookup situation you know you're not you're not really digging any deeper than that for for the most part um so how you know it's pretty clear what you want you just want someone who looks good well then what do you give a fuck what kind of movie they like or whatever you're just there for the the physical appearance anyways which lets us all know what you what you want to do only you know and i think that's what that's the kind of culture it fosters is these hookup cultures those because they're based on looks and swipes really quickly not really digging deep maybe what me and you should do jonesy is we should set up our own sort of dating website 
and we can we can categorize it by what conspiracy theories people believe, and then what, oh, what sort yeah. of what sort of psychedelic substances or or not, <laughs> you know. And then you essentially find the right person <laughs> for you. <You're> like, <laughs> and oh, then we, yeah, you believe the Earth is flat too. And, oh. then, and then we sponsor. We sponsor a date night where we give them a bunch of DMT and we send them out into a field and say, "Here, have at it." <laughs> this was actually a dating show that I would totally watch. <laughs> I, would I would watch totally the shit watch out of that. Oh man, yeah, this would be something I would totally watch. Oh, Fabulous. Can you imagine the train wrecks you would get from that? Yeah, well, you know, this is what this well, this is what a lot of television is, right? I saw on Netflix when I was kind of looking for something new to watch um, the other night. I, I couldn't believe I saw this, but there's a dating show for people who are on the spectrum who have like Aspergers or uh, what's oh, the other wow. one? Yeah, and it, it, I forget the name of it. I think it might have Spectrum in the title, but I mean, I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna do us you, a Google. You, you can imagine, and uh, you know. My lady brought it to my attention that that show is based on a successful show in the UK where people who are mentally handicapped, like on a bigger scale, are are on a dating show. They have a dating show like that. Love but on I the think, spectrum. Yeah, so I think the I think the the uh, the Down syndrome dating show, which is in the UK, I think that would be too shocking for here. So I think they're going with the Spectrum one, but they're still doing the same thing. And that's kind of cringing, cringeworthy to me. I mean, there might be some nice storylines, and you, it might be nice to see these people fall in love if that's what's going on. But I didn't even give it a chance just on the principle of I, th- I think it's exploiting the handicap here on some level. Well, that's, that's what I was about to say. If I see anybody posting on Twitter, like making fun of it, then I will just absolutely ass ram the tweet mentions. I'll ass ram their DMs. Like, like you got to go in on those people. But as long as people are are watching it like in a wholesome kind of uh, mood or a wholesome kind of uh, view, I guess that would be okay. But I'm kind of with you. It's kind of it's kind of exploiting in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it's I not think kind I'm, of. I mean, it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I really. I mean, granted, you know, this is just hearsay. I've never watched the damn show, but I, I just get that impression that that's that's what's going on here, and because, you know, th- people. People want to watch a train wreck, man. This is why we all watch the Tiger King, right? We want to see oh, a train Jesus. wreck. And so can you imagine the dates that these these people go on? They're all – I imagine they're all train wrecks. It's a train wreck. It's uncomfortable moments saying the wrong thing. It's going to be a train wreck. We can't get enough of train wrecks. Well, how is that not exploiting these people in you, my opinion? Do you know that, uh, that Meg the Stallion song? It's like been trending for a while, that Savage song. Yes. Okay. The Savage I, song. I've heard I, that. Yes. Okay. I truly didn't know it was a real song because of that. Have you heard the Tiger King version? That people no. were people were memeing and like they were sharing it. It was uh they changed the words. It was like Carol Baskin killed her husband. Oh, whack, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Wow, that fits I perfectly. Did, I didn't know that that was a real song because somebody had took it and like made it um a parody. Yeah, they had made it a parody. I didn't even know that was a real song. 
Like I don't, uh, I don't, I don't listen oh, to the radio that often. Okay, that's why, because you don't listen to the radio. Well, I drive a 2010 Honda Civic, so I occasionally listen to the radio. <laughs> oh, I've, I've got you beat. I'm in a 2006 Honda, so. I... Oh, what? See, neither of us have Bluetooth, right? So I'm doing <laughs> that. Are you doing the auxiliary cable down out to you? Even have an aux cable? Well, let me. So I used to have the cassette plug into the aux, right? But now oh, I'm, I've done that. I've done that before. I upgraded to the iPhone because, you know, my time was up with T-Mobile and they upgraded me. So now I have this new iPhone. I don't even have a fucking headphone jack now. No, you don't. You got to get the uh, – You have no, you have it. It goes through your power jack. Well, yeah, but the, the cassette thing has the auxiliary hookup. And yeah, so yeah. you have to get what I have, which is the, the iPhone to the auxiliary, to the 3.5-millimeter uh port thing to use on your auxiliary they're, they're like you can get them at walmart for like eight bucks or 12 bucks or something. no shit yeah yeah no problem yeah yeah you, i bought mine for like 9.95 or something you just opened my eyes oh dude you gotta get it man it'll it'll change your fucking world yeah you need it that's exactly what i used in my car for sure for sure right wow. to the hawk my 2000 oh i find it fascinating that you have a 2006 honda well i have i have a 2019 motorcycle so it kind of it kind of makes up for it oh yeah that's nice yeah yeah you gave yourself a reward there yeah so yeah, you drive yeah, the 2006 yeah. you could drive that 2006 honda until it's just it just grinds to dust those things just last forever let me ask you this how many miles are you up to so far so i'm doing small i got small because i bought it with hardly hardly any miles on it i got i'm only at 110 uh-huh. when you join the 300 gang you let me know oh I'm, man i'm, still I'm like good Damn, I, I would be like, I'm looking forward to the 200K and I'm going to be like, wow, that's pretty, that's an accomplishment right there. I, 300? Holy shit. I have no AC. Uh, there's Ooh, some, boy, that's there's rough. some, there's some rattle happening somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it still runs like a dream. Uh, when I, the radio comes on, when I hit a bump. So, but other than that. <laughs> I used to have to, like, this is no joke. I used to have this vehicle. It was a 2004 ford escape and i like i really oh, I put i put some time into it man i made it look super nice and i used to have to punch the radio to get it to cut on so i would always leave it on and then if, if i got uh, a phone call you know and you you try to turn it down really quick if i accidentally cut it off i would have to wait until i was done with the phone call hang up and then just sucker punch my radio wow and like it like the old school te- televisions yeah. to get them to work <laughs> just punch the side yeah, man, it, it, so hurt. it hurt, dude. If I was if I was in traffic, like people just see me punch the radio, I can only imagine. They're like, "Oh, that's the Florida man right there." <laughs> the Florida man, amazing. Well, Josh, I hate to cut you off, but I'm gonna have some dinner now. If you don't mind. No, you are good. Um, I was I was actually right about to tell you roll out the. I'm gonna steal Sean Evans' line, and I'm gonna say roll out the red carpet for yourself. What do you got going on? Where can people find you? And. Oh, I love that. Ro- yes. Roll out the red carpet for yourself. Uh, yes. I, well, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian. It, normally, I would pimp, I would like, uh, you know, pimp out my shows and promote shows. But I, I don't have any shows really for the rest of the year that I can see, and I don't know what's going to happen next year uh, because of all that's going down. The only thing I'm working on, and I'm still doing it five days a week, is my podcast, Weird AF News. So I do weird news five days a week. I've been doing it now. I just hit past the three-year mark. Well, congrats. Uh, like hitting 800 episodes, and we're, we're still plugging along, and I'll never stop doing that. But it's a good, it's a good outlet for me if you like weird news, um, or I should say if you're tired of mainstream news, which right now can, it seems to be very disheartening and, and depressing in many ways. <laughs> 
then give weird news a shot. You know, I pick I pick the weirdest stories I can find, and I do the, I, I I read the story, and then I give my kind of funny take on them. Sometimes I go on an angry rant about them, uh, depending on how I'm feeling that day and how much caffeine I've had. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'll usually do some sort of comedic spin on the story. Uh, or not, maybe I'll tell a little anecdote on how it relates to my own life. But I always try and keep it funny and entertaining as, as much as possible. So you learn something about the world, some weird news that you may not have heard otherwise, and, and you get a laugh. And, you know, the podcasts are short. They're all under 20 minutes a day. And, Incredibly uh, funny. Thank you, man. Thank you. I try and make them funny. I mean, it de- I do them five days a week, so it all, a lot of times it's mood dependent, um, depending on the kind of day I'm having. Um, so uh, I can't promise that every episode is funny as hell. It depends on my mood, but most of them, pre- I, most of them, I deliver. I deliver. Absolutely. I like man. to think. So yeah, weird, weird, can. yeah, weird AF news uh, can be. You can just type in any of your podcast player, or you can go to weirdafnews.com because I just bought the website and bought the domain, and I just built a website for the first time. Uh, something I've been doing during the pandemic is getting productive for my podcast. Congratulations, man! It, uh, oh, thank you, it's, sir. It's surely it's surely working great because, man, your podcast is an absolute delight. I super love it, man, and I really appreciate you coming on today, bro. Josh, I appreciate. It. I hope I hope uh, your listeners and, and your your fans uh, enjoy the the content. I got a little. We got a little political and a little scientific in there, but I hope they can uh, hope they can look past that into and, and get, find some some entertainment in there. You know. Oh, this this was a good one, man. <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. I'm I'm glad you think that. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Anytime, brother.